You're listening to Campfire Conversations, brought to you by Three Rivers Land Trust. Connected to the land, committed to conservation. side we have been on a hiatus as far as the podcast goes and we apologize for that we know you've been dying to get no you've been dying to get content i'm just uh i feel like every episode for the last we've been apologizing <laughs> should have just start over and not even apologize no, no, no. It's, i just think it's funny I mean, I think it's come to be expected at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like they're gonna run like, one. I think the number one rule of like podcasting is consistency. Show is consistency. Like put it. Whether week, it sucks or not, doesn't yeah, matter. Put it out at the same Just, time. Yeah. Every week, and that's how you know. I had this professor one time, uh, and he said, he said, doesn't matter if you do it wrong. He's like, as long as you do it the same every time. He says consistency is what matters, and he was talking about math. Yeah. Math. Like, doesn't matter if it's the wrong answer, as long as you do it the same every time. <laughs> so, I think that applies to podcasting. Yeah. And so, we're doing it wrong. Yeah. We're doing it different every time. Which makes it wrong. And we're not consistent. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. This is not our job, like our, our full-time job. It's, yeah. it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but if uh, if we could keep it consistent, it might, could potentially one day be that, which the goal I've jokingly told this to Sam. The goal is for my entire career to this be the only job I do where I sit around and talk about hunting and fishing and then go hunting and fishing yeah. and that's it. And conservation thrown in. Yeah. Hey, we're, on a, we're on assignment this week. We've got to, sorry, we got to head on down to the Keys and go fishing, go yeah. marlin fishing. Yeah. Yep, and we're going to podcast about it. Podcast about it, about it. yeah. So. No pictures. It's going to be a tough week, but. Somebody's, Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's yeah. got to get after it. What uh, what kind of hat you running there? Did your grandpa give you that? What's no, up? I found it uh, in an old farmhouse. Yeah, it looks like it. You like that? I do like that hat. That's uh, you know what kind of camouflage that is. Without looking at the trying to find it, I can't see it from here. But I know exactly what kind of camouflage it is. It's a great camo. Old school, old school hunters are going to stand in applause over this next day. I know the name of it because uh, we've talked about it many times. Um, and I'm blanking on it. Give me a second. You're wearing bottomlands right now. Yeah, this is bottomlands. You're wearing bottomlands, and this is this is that. Le- it's the, I'm not looking at it. It's that leafy pattern. It's like the most classic. Candy. Looks like an oak leaf. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um. Go ahead. Advantage. Advantage. That's advantage yeah. camo. Yeah. That was a great turkey pattern. Yeah. I've been wearing it. Early wearing season it turkey. Hunting. Early season turkey hunting. That was a great pattern. They don't make it anymore. I've been wearing it. The other one I like a whole bunch, but the reason I have on Bottomlands is because the original version of this is tree bark, which I liked a lot. Disappear in a pine tree or a white oak. Mm-hmm. That's versatility. Mm-hmm. But you could disappear. Invisible man. But that's why you have a leafy suit. I have a leafy suit now. You've been wearing it? Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> it's part of my ritual when I take off. So I'll do my walk in, and when I get to kind of almost the spot where I'm going to strike off the morning uh-huh. when I get there that's when I roll out the leafy suit and go ahead and suit up and I tell myself well it's time for a uh, 
time for a uh, uh, wardrobe change. The spot where I've been, we're going to talk about this in a second, but the spot where I've been hunting is pretty similar to that in that I have to walk in, but instead of unrolling my leafy suit. You unroll your waiter? <laughs> I'm walking in like a mile dedication. and a half. That's dedication. Unrolling my waiters, waiting. Are you stashing your waiters there so you can pick them up on the way out? Stash them. Yeah, yeah. I was mm-hmm. hoping you weren't toting those things around. That'd be that'd be psychotic. But these are my fly fishing waiters too. So it's, that's a little better. At least not big old neoprenes. Yeah. No, my leafy suit weighs nothing. But the reason I, I used to just put it on at the truck, but it's gotten so shredded. Yeah. Um, you gotta you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You wear it in the hunt, and the back and forth you don't wear it. Yeah. I do wear the jacket. Um, on the way out because I'm usually pulling off my long sleeve camo it's hot mm-hmm. and I'll just wear the jacket to cover up my arms in case I do walk up on turkey happened last year mm-hmm. so yeah it's turkey season big time we're we're in it now we're in it we're what five days in turkey season yeah. in North Carolina mm-hmm. you're I don't know South Carolina's been in turkey season for about two months <laughs> I don't know yeah, something like that. a while y'all been turkey hunting down there a long time I've been this is my second day in North Carolina. I've been so darn long busy. Um, had a buddy just get married. One of my best friends from back home. I was the best man in the wedding. And my, uh, he scheduled it for opening day in North Carolina. We've talked about this before on this podcast. About folks scheduling events on opening days. And basically on Saturday. I had, man, I or had, any day. I had birds like scouted out. Knew where they were at. And they're not I, there now. I had nightmares on Friday night when I'm getting ready for this wedding about some guy, some just, blowhard yes, slipping in there. Some guy, <laughs> some guy, just like not working as hard as I did, just happens to walk in there and find these birds. And, just, and it maybe happens. It reminds me of like you, uh, like you go to the store and there's something you want at the store, but you don't have the money for it right then, and you mm-hmm. tuck it like in the back of the shelf. Or they're stocking, like you slip it in the back sure. so you can come back and get it later. That was what you were trying to do with those Turks. You're yeah. trying to tuck them in the back of the yeah, shell. Pretty much. Pretty much. Let's, uh, before we get into the yeah. stories, because we got stories to we tell. We need to uh, remind you to visit some of these some of these folks. If you're uh, going to be a responsible shopper, I heard this ad for, um, it's actually for Sam Adams, but uh, at the end they're like, please drink responsibly. Yeah. You should shop responsibly. Mm. I don't know where I got that from, but I'm going to give it to Backcountry Beyond. Shop responsibly. It really goes for all of ours. Yeah. I mean, shop local. Mm-hmm. That's right. I was just talking to Mikey the other day, and it's like you got Amazon now where you can just get everything and anything yeah. overnight pretty much. Mm-hmm. But there's still something to be said about shopping local, and, and I don't think that just because you're trying to avoid the crowds, you shouldn't try to grab a few things at your local shops. Yeah. Jeff Bezos has enough. He's got enough money. But you know who needs more? Jeff Moose. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you should definitely shop backcountry beyond. Just go there and and if you're if you're still in the online thing, guess what? They got you covered there too. Um they I bet you they'll have something. I bet you they have something that Amazon doesn't have. Yeah, probably so uh, you know, I've been thinking about this recently. Because it's time to pull it out. I don't know if you noticed today or yesterday, but it's the first time of the year that the mosquitoes have really been popping. I noticed it the other, like, the last burn we were on, they were eating me up. Yeah, that's true. Um, but turkey hunting, the last two days, they've really started firing up. 
and uh, it's time for me to pull out my thermosel. And if you don't have one, you need one. And Jeff's got all the stuff over there at Backcountry. Refills, pads, uh-huh. all the stuff. I feel like every season rolls around, and I buy pads, and then I lose pads, and, you know, I always refresh and restock. I, 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 bought, I bought them in bulk one time, and I've, I've been sitting on the same box for a long time. But, yeah, you should. that's definitely the place to get that stuff, mm-hmm. Backcountry Beyond. Yeah, right here in Salisbury. Go check them out. Jeff Moose, Jeff Moose runs the show over there. We're friends with all those guys. And I'll tell you, I did use my, uh, my BioLite stove on opening day. Cooking hot dogs. Cooked some, grilled some dogs. And they got you where you needed to be. Grilled Spoiler some dogs alert. and gave me the uh, the energy I needed yeah. thanks to BioLite. Yeah. Basically, Jeff Moose killed that turkey, not me. <laughs> over at Backcountry Beyond, if you're getting down to brass tacks. <laughs> but speaking of uh, getting cool stuff, you're getting a dog. Yeah. When's that dog coming? The dog's born. Have you been to see it yet? I haven't been to see it yet. I've been too busy. But I'm going to see it. Getting a female, right? Yeah. Where you getting it from? I'm getting it like from, that. Yeah, I do like that. So our good buddy Grayson Geyer at uh, Lost Highway Gun Dog Kennels out of Lexington. Um, I've told. I really like that we're doing this podcast the old-fashioned way where we talk the ads. Where it's, it's not professional. Yeah, it's <laughs> unprofessional. I think it's more. I like it. Um, so Grayson came on our podcast um, right in like the when I was at fever pitch about getting a dog and. You know, his, Good his word. lab. Good yeah. word. His lab. That's free. <laughs> Althea is incredible. And um, I was talking to him after our show about, you know, I, I need a dog. It's just, it's time. And he's like, well, I'm thinking about breeding Althea. Uh, he did. And she took. And those puppies were born on Saturday, April 9th. How many, how many she had? Six. Six pups. Three males. 50-50 litter. 50-50. And uh, four of them, four male or three males, and then one of the females has got, got like a reddish tint. Okay, so they're going to be kind of a red light. Really pretty. Really I like pretty. that. I like that, especially uh, for a hunting dog. Well, but anyways, back, I mean, the dog, that's a that's a bonus. But Grayson, um, he's, he's just an extraordinary trainer. Uh, he's got his own podcast now, the Companion Gun Dog Podcast, uh, which is... I've listened to a few episodes. If you're, you know, a dog guy or thinking about getting a dog, it's it just kind of explains terminology and it's super helpful. Um, but he's just a great resource and he's into training the trainer. So um, for a guy that's getting into his first dog, he's just as a resource. If you're thinking about getting a dog, uh, reach out to him. Read his website. Um, you know, they do everything. So. Lost Highway Gun, gun Dog, dog Kennels. Kennels. Mm-hmm. So look them up, look up Grayson, check them out. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Sam trusts them enough to get a dog from mm-hmm. so that should tell you what yeah. you need to know. Um, last one we're going to talk about right now is uh, Traveler. Yeah. Let's talk about those guys. I've been running this belt like it's going out of style. Yeah, it's funny It's funny that you uh, that you say that. My, um, my mom is like, we're in this constant battle, I feel like I'm 28. You know, but we're in this constant battle where I come home and she's like, I can't believe like this. Are these are these the clothes that you wear around? <laughs> it's because like, dude, I mean, look at my pants right now. They've always got rips and um, uh, mom, I, mom, I don't work at a bank. <laughs> yeah. In case you didn't yeah. know, yeah, work outside. <laughs> yeah. uh, but she loves that belt. 
It's great. They never like that, the, like of the things that I wear, they're like that belt looks sharp. This is like the one thing that they single out that you, that looks good on like, you. Yeah, they're, they're like, like you look like crap. That like, belt looks yeah, pretty good. I love it pretty much. They're like I get I get a pair of Blundstones. That's not they're not a sponsor or anything. But I, yeah, I've told you about these but these boots. I love. Yeah, these I don't boots. like them, but yeah, I know you love them. I love them. But like that's the one thing I get compliments on. Except I tear them up in like a month because uh, I'm always taking them through briar patch and then the belt and that's it. <laughs> so it's a good. Not only we talk about the like the practical value of it, how strong it is, how it's like. We've been wearing it pretty much every day. About a year now. Yeah, and it hadn't worn a lick. I mean, it's like, it's just like a straight out of the box for me. Yeah, and that's just, that's just one of the things. But that's the practical value of it. But then it also, it looks good too. Um, so. Well, he's a master leathersmith. Yeah. And so you should go check him out at TravelerTradingCompany.com. Nice. Get you one of these belts. You, you'll be glad you did. Yeah. Be glad you did. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Well, we, it's been so long since we did this, I don't even really know where to start. Um, Let's talk about Suther Prairie. Okay, yeah. A little, uh, I guess, should we start, I guess, with a little, tell people what that is. Mm-hmm. Because m- most likely you don't know. It's um, in Cabarrus County. I, I guess I shouldn't give out exactly where. Yeah. In Cabarrus County, there is a uh, meadow that is special. Be- it's special because it's special because it has native species on it. One, but two, it's special because it's never been altered ever in the history of the place since Europeans settled settled there. Uh-huh. Europeans settled it. They never altered that meadow other than mowing it for hay. Mm-hmm. They didn't plow it. They didn't plant it. They didn't put trees in it. Nothing. And so it's like Ancestry.com, like tracing back a lineage, except for it's a piece of land that's traced so back all the way back. I mean, it's like all the way back to all the way back yeah. to European contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So pre that, we don't know maybe what it looked like. You know, I'm sure Native Americans probably burned it, um, doing their their normal burning practices, which we you and I talked about a little. And we might get into that a little yeah. on here because uh-huh. it's fun to think about. Yeah. But. Um, they, uh, they, the family, the Suther family, they settled that area, you know, like you said, way long time ago. Mm-hmm. And they've been there ever since. Generation after generation, living right there. They're farmers, and they had this place. They wanted to protect it because they knew how special it was. And, and in terms of special in North Carolina, there are lots of different kinds of special. But here... We don't have the luxury of having untouched native landscapes. We just don't have it on the east, eastern seaboard mm-hmm. because that was where most Europeans landed first. Mm-hmm. It's where they settled first. It's where they grew first. And so, therefore, they needed land to do that, so they were constantly gobbling up the eastern seaboard moving west. Yeah, and it's a weird, it's a weird concept to think about. I remember I, we have a conservation easement on a property with a house that was built in the 1700s mm-hmm. and a uh, couple mm-hmm. and the one that i'm thinking about they you know the landowner was telling me oh back back then this was all this land was cleared all the way down to the river you could see the river from here and it's a you know about a mile away and uh so it's a weird thing to think about 
because you look at it now, and there's there's subdivisions in between, and there's tons of trees, mature mature forests in between, and swamps in between. So it's hard to think about the way that things have things have changed through all of the ways that humans manipulate the landscape uh, by damming up waterways, by planting, agriculture development, and this is a rare circumstance where it's documented that this hasn't changed. Um, at least since we've had uh-huh. the yeah. ability to document there yeah. yes so the only other place that i know of for sure for sure in north carolina that has that kind of same mantra is joyce kilmer mm-hmm. right so that's a giant old growth hardwood forest in the mountains never got timbered yeah and the reason it didn't get timbered is because it's in such a remote area they couldn't get they couldn't extract it mm-hmm. so this was not the case there it was just a thing that the family, when they settled it, they liked the way it looked. It reminded them of their, their homeland, um, which I'm not sure what descent they are. I'm thinking, I can't remember, I think Scotch. So maybe Scotland was what it reminded them of when they looked at this meadow. So that's where they, that was actually the reason they picked that area. One of the reasons, I guess, that and the good resources there. So anyways, fast forward to now, that thing's got a conservation easement on it. It's protected, um, thanks to a lot of groups, but... Three Rivers Land Trust being one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, it's owned now by the plant conservation folks, and they asked if we, Three Rivers, could help them with some management out there. It needed to be burned in order to maintain it. So you said, Yeah, one thing that you touched on that I think is interesting is, you know, it's, it's very rare to have a landscape that we know of documented that's not changing. So this is a landscape that has not changed. And then what what do you find there? Well, coincidentally, because it hadn't been altered with or messed with any, there's all these rare plants. That's what that's another thing that makes it and you touched on that. Yeah, but it's got it's got endangered species yeah. on it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, because it hadn't been messed with. Yeah. I mean it has been messed with in the sense that there's been management. some management. Mm-hmm. But it's natural management that mm-hmm kind of always happened whether it was through human intervention or not so fire happens whether humans do it or not Mm -hmm. if it doesn't happen it's generally because humans suppressed it Mm -hmm. so historically in well the entire world basically historically lightning strikes started wildfires you know lots of things start wildfires and therefore that place would have gotten burned even if the Native Americans weren't burning it at some point. But humans, and not liking their stuff burned down, we kind of suppressed that for a long amount of time. And then realizing that a lot of these very threatened species were declining out there, came to the realization that, oh, this place does need fire in order to be the native landscape that we remember. So. That's where we came in and helped them with a prescribed burn out there, I guess last week. It was last week. <laughs> That's crazy, uh, isn't it? Trying, yeah, it seems like it was, it seems longer ago, I guess, yeah. mm-hmm. um, than that. But yeah, so last week we conducted a prescribed burn on Sooth of Prayer. We've been burning now for two months, three months. Been burning for three we months. Got one, one left. One left and we'll be done for the season, but... They're starting to run together is what I was getting at. But we did this one. This one was special because it's a place that we don't own. We uh, we have a bit of a vested interest in it, but we don't own it. And we rarely branch out and do that other than 
with the HELP program, which we'll talk about that as another point in the podcast, probably a different podcast altogether. Yeah. But we went and met with uh, with Leslie Stark and, and her staff of burners, and so we actually had a full burn crew, which is also weird. We had six people. We had their three folks and then our three folks. And I had written a burn plan for the place. It was the, the weather parameters were, were looking good. Uh, Leslie and her team had put in a fire break around it. And so we, uh, um, I forget I forget the young man's name that we let let light her off. Um, Preston or something, something like that. doesn't matter, I guess. No, it was Peyton. Peyton. Yeah, because I was joking with him about, about having a rocket of an arm. Yeah. Um, anybody named Peyton needs to needs to have that sling the rock. Sling the rock, yeah. But um, he uh, he was there. He's Suther, mm-hmm. so um, some of the Suther family was there to observe their, uh, I guess, their legacy being managed. Yeah. And he he was there, fifteen year old young man, and so me being the burn boss. I kind of just decided that I'd do whatever I want. And so I said, Peyton, you going to like this thing or what? Yeah. And he, he was playing it cool. Yeah, he was playing yeah, it he cool. He was playing it cool. I feel like on the inside, he was probably, he's probably like, oh, yeah, I'm about to set this place on fire. He's like, sure. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I can do it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, man. I was like, hey, okay, let's, let's do it. We're going to do it. I pass him the lighter. Uh, and uh, gave him a torch. Gave him a torch. And I told him, you know, what to do. And he went down there to light lights a little piece off. And I'm like, All right, I pour some of that pour some of that gasoline on there, some of that burn fuel. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. And he lights. Yeah. And, yep. and he lights <laughs> up. A, he lights it up. And then uh, I was like, All right, looks like you got it lit. Good deal. So we got the test fire going, and I look at him, and I say. So, Peyton, just so you know, whoever lights it's responsible. So, yeah. you better hope we don't screw up. <laughs> and the look on his face was kind of, he looked at his mom, like, to check and see if this, all these things are okay, what I've just told him. Because he doesn't know me yeah. at all. I've never met this kid yeah. before. And uh, I said, no, nah, if anything happens, I'll just make sure and let them know that your mom let you do it. Uh-huh. And we went ahead and lit and, and had a good burn, good burn. Yeah. It, uh, it was a little damp, but it burned well. Burned well. So this this year's been so weird. Uh, we did another grass field. Pretty the day similar. before. The day before. Pretty similar. The day before. Um, this is last week. So if you're in North Carolina, you've noticed that everything's really been greening up a lot, um, which is kind of hard for burn. Spring is springing. Yeah, for sure. And we had a just kind of subpar burn the day before on a very similar. I mean, grass fields you usually think of just like the ribbon uh, and it didn't so we were kind of uh, uh you know it's kind of a low area same kind of fuel even pretty yeah, much really. i mean the same species same but kind of god almighty it ripped yeah that one there it was a good one it got hot fast and, and cleared off all the thatch and so you're, you're hearing this thinking well, what does that mean it means that it took all that old dead grass and all those old dead forbs that were laying out there burn them up turn them back into nutrients quick really fast nutrients and it made that soil exposed to sunlight so now especially since we've had a little bit of a dry spell but it was already damp when we burned it there should be a ton of stuff out there yeah. germinating right now i imagine that whole field's green yeah, and it's going to be green with the things that were going away it was kind of getting 
over dominated by the grass species mm-hmm. and the forb species were kind of getting weeded out for lack of a better term and so now what we've done is set that back and hopefully put the reset button on it whereas this spring i'm thinking in may there's gonna be a tour in yeah. may mm-hmm. um, you can get a hold of the plant folks and uh is it plant conservation program mm-hmm. pcp yep yep pcp mm-hmm. it's a denzel quote right there i forget what movie is that training day it's gotta be training day, be training day. Yeah. pcp anyways um yeah get a hold of them if you want a tour i think that's about the only way to get in there but they're going to do a tour and i imagine the wildflowers will be popping comparative to years past should be good i'm looking forward to the pictures yeah um the reason i brought that up so beyond being a cool story is we did a marathon day we did we lit that one off that is the day we did yeah. the marathon day i took you don't forget about i took you Cody's got a Cody's got a rubber they're band. Not, they're not a sponsor. Yeah, Cody's got a rubber band gun. He's shooting rounds at me. I was a blank. I had a blank on there. Right Speaking of where we're sitting, before I get to continue this, we're in our new office. Yeah, we're downstairs. If you come to visit at the Gateway Building in Salisbury and you want to come see the see the staff or you know do a conservation easement or make a donation in person and get patted on the back, you come to the downstairs. We're in kind of a bigger bigger deal now than we used to be um, got deer heads on the walls and it's looking sharp yeah it is looking sharp we're talking about since we're talking about the office i want to find and this would be this is a great this I'm is looking, a great you're waving around oh i'm pointing right at you <laughs> yeah, yeah I, muscle, I, muscle control muscle. was not not in the forecast today for this rubber band gun muscle controls we, we left that at the door muscle control not necessary um yeah, because you're an intended target. So yeah, I'm like, I will definitely I'm so used to like... I'm not going to shoot you on the yeah. podcast. Uh, I am playing with a rubber band gun that was left in the office here. Yeah, as a, yeah, as a parting as a, gift. As a parting gift for us. And uh-huh. I've, I've basically commandeered it. Yeah, it's awesome. And I, I, I loaded it full, so it's got all five rounds on it. Yeah. And I won't let... Sam Sam is gracious enough to not just rip them all, pop them yeah, all that's off. Yeah, that's an important note. He said, he said I, won't, I won't shoot a gun with another man loaded. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. It made me respect him a bit more. Uh, I like that statement. So, anyways, I've just kept it loaded in case in case we need to defend ourselves. <laughs> but we're talking about, and so this podcast is a great avenue for this right here. What we want, we need. If you got a, if you're about to get yourself a new couch, and you're thinking, well, what am I gonna do with this old couch I got? If it's in like decent quality shape, and I don't want some junky cigarette burned, you know meth house couch but if you got a if you got a decent couch that your family's been sitting on and it's just not it's not totally trashed we're looking for a couch and we're going to put it over here in the office and we're going to get a i'm going to build a little coffee table to put in here we're going to put some bowl of skittles open bag covid restrictions do not apply yeah and anytime you come in to visit or you know sign up for your sportsman draw you just come in our office sit on the couch grab a handful of skittles Shoot the breeze, grab another handful of skills on your way out, enjoy the couch that someone donated, possibly you. That's what we're looking forward to having. We've got room for that now. It's also a good place, like when Sam and I are working long days, if I'm here by myself, I might close the door and take 30. Yeah. I don't know. An hour. I don't know if I ever told you this story. Um, It was right when I started working for the Land Trust. 
we had had some sort. It was. Turkey. Are you about to say you slept on the floor in the office? Because I've definitely slept on the floor. Oh, in the I office. did. Well, I did. But it was. I was like fairly new, and it was it was turkey season, like maybe like twenty seventeen or something. And uh, I went out and turkey hunted, worked, then I had to stay because I had a chapter meeting mm. over here. Yep. So I like took me a I'm hour. Take, I'm gonna take forty five. Yeah, I took forty five, <laughs> and it was right at the end of the day, like. Probably like four thirty, and I had a meeting at six. Yeah. So I had to, you know, I was dead tired. I had one of those. And well, let me finish. Was there more Crystal, to the story? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Certainly. So, Crystal and I, our director of conservation, we like our new coworkers and everything. <laughs> She's the only other person in the office. <laughs> oh, I know where this and, is going. Uh, she knocks on the door, and I do not wake up. And she's my lights are all dead. off, and she opened the door up, and she's like, hello? Just coming here to say goodbye. And I I think I hopped up, like, wild-eyed. Yeah, yeah, you are trying to act like you were working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from behind the desk. Oh, I'm sorry, I dropped something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't hear you. Woke in the drool. <laughs> the, the sleep crud out of your eyeball. Yeah. Oh, what did she say? Were you she sleeping just, right she now? She just started laughing. <laughs> Yeah, that's she how said, hard. Sorry to wake you up. Yeah, that's how hard we work around here. I'm not joking. I've taken at least two naps on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of times, I've been working like way late at night into the morning hours. And it's like, well, there's no point to go home. I'm just gonna go to the office. What's your uh, What's your technique to sleeping on the floor? To sleeping on the floor? I like to wad up a jacket yeah, or something. Got to. And I, if I've got two jackets, I like to pretend one's a blanket. I like I like to throw one over the other arms. I'm a side sleeper, so yeah. I like to ha- I like to have Me one too. under my hip bone. If I can have one under my hip bone, I've gotten like I feel like I'm sleeping on the floor. I've got a little carpet burn before. I also kick my boots off. Uh-huh. I, I don't sleep with shoes on. That's a that's a no go for me. But anyways, enough uh-huh. about us sleeping in the office. <laughs> and marathon day. So we left the Suther burn in Cabarrus County. Went to not a not a sponsor. What's the name of the What's the name of the place? Marley's in Grill in Ridgefield. Marley, actually, it's not called Marley. It's called Marley's Mexi Mix uh-huh. in Ridgefield. Go check that place out. That place has got a. It's like American food or Mexican food. Got a little bit of everything, and then you get chips and salsa, homemade salsa. Regardless. No, yeah. And no so strings well, attached. I don't know why everybody's not doing that. The perfect restaurant business model. Yeah. You're gonna get a little something for free. And it's homemade. And you can get whatever you want. And it's honey. It's very good. Yeah, and, and Sam's like looking up online on the way because I was like, oh, we'll go here because we're starving. I mean, we've been burning all day. Yeah. We're fixing to go burn all night. Yeah. And this is the one time we're going to get to eat in between. And Sam, I was like, well, we're talking about where to go. I was like, oh, we'll go to Marley's. That's where I go. And uh, he's looking it up. He's like, he's giving me the, giving me the, oh, this is one of the places Cody goes. This place is going to suck. Yeah. And uh, we go in there, and he's he's don't don't he's coming their, around. Don't let their website dissuade you. They've got they've got some grainy they're, they're some grainy photos. Yeah. Uh-huh. They don't need a website to, yeah. to keep it going over there. But um, yeah, so anyways, we eat there. It was awesome. And then go to Burn. So we go to more. We go from Cabarrus County to Moore County, Northern Moore County, North Eastern Moore County. Another grass field. Uh huh. Another grass field, it's a big one. We had done, we'd gone out there the week before. And with a plan to burn at with night. With a plan to burn it, and at night. And uh, the wind was picking up to like 20 miles an hour plus. Yeah, even at night, it was stupid. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. stupid weird. 
and uh, we were like, oh, this is sketchy. This place is sketchy. Yeah, the test fire stood up and slapped me in the face. So I'm like, well, the test fire, Cody, I'm, that's what I was getting at. Cody flicks his lighter. All these fire, every fire I don't starts. Even, I don't even know if I touch the ground yeah. with the lighter. Every fire starts with a simple. I wish these windows opened. I'd light this trash man up with this rubber band gun right now. No, I would. Just pop it open, just tap, 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 tap. So every fire starts in the flick of a pick. And Cody flicks. That's not true. But every fire we start starts in the yeah. flick of a pick. Yeah. And Cody flicks it. And within 60 seconds, there was, you go through the breakdown of fuel. Like there's one hour fuel or one, you know, what goes Yeah, nobody's going to understand what that means. Um, basic terminology. There's. One hour fuels, which are fuels that can go from saturated to completely dry uh-huh. with direct sunlight in an hour, basically. There's 10 hour fuels, there's 100 hour fuels, there's 1,000 hour fuels. Your 1,000 hour fuels are like big green logs, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's all the stuff in between sticks, twigs, forbs, yeah. brambles, etc. So this particular field is full of your, your one hour fuels for the most part. Grasses. Grasses. And it's also got some brambles. It's got some 10-hour fuels, some logs, stuff like that. But basically, all the stuff that's really flammable all the time when it's decent burning conditions. But there was, Cody flicked his lighter. There was like 10-hour fuels, or maybe somewhere in the ballpark of 40-hour fuels. Sticks that that were as big as my leg. Yeah, that caught on fire. This is not the burn when we actually did it, but when we, when we stopped it, we called it, which we've never done. I've never been on the burn. Have I never called one off with you? Never. Not one time. Cody flicks his lighter. It stands up right in our face. The wind picks up, and this log as big as Cody's leg catches on fire in maybe 15 seconds. And it took us about 25 seconds to be like, nope, abort. Like, yeah, bad call. And we start spraying water on it. And it took us five gallons of water just to put that at stick least out. just yeah. to put that log out after 45 seconds of being on fire. Not, and yeah, it was a decent sized log. Something that you would have trouble getting to go in yeah, a, camp, in a, a campfire. Exactly. That's a perfect example. Like if you were to start a campfire, the last thing that you're going to grab is this huge, gigantic you're not gonna, stick. You're going to start out with pine. That's the way to describe yeah, this. Uh-huh. When you're building a campfire, with natural your materials. one hour fuels. You're going to start out with your one hour stuff. Yeah. Pine needles, pine cones, yeah. clumps of grass. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Twigs, little yeah. bitty twigs, dry twigs. So this here thing is the thing you throw on like At the end. after you've got a ripper going <laughs> and it's a bonfire. Yeah. You throw this thing on after you've already been burning good wood for a yeah. while. Uh-huh. Because if you were to put that on first, you just put it out. Yeah. Not the case that, that, that night. So we, this is our second time around. We've already kind of got like a, you know, like, oh, this, this place. They already don't like it. Uh Uh, No offense to Moore County here. I've not enjoyed burning down there this year one bit. Not one bit. It's a weird, weird place to be a burner. It is weird. They're, they're big on fire in Moore County and and fire is a a crucial part of the ecosystem. I'll tell you what, that's a strange place to burn. And that's the place that needs fire. It's a, it's a. What's the word I'm looking for here? Ecologically um, diverse no. county. It has everything. Sand, blackwater swamps, mountain streams. Mountain laurel. Mountains. I would call some of those places mountains, yeah. not hills. 
it's got mountain species, coastal species, Piedmont species, and uh, the weirdest composition of soils of any place I've ever been. And I've been all over the country. Mm-hmm. The soil in Moore County, whoever did the soil map, I'm sure they were pulling their hair out. Yeah. That place has the strangest soil ever. Mm-hmm. Every place you look, something different. Yeah, it's odd, um, but cool. Very cool. Yeah, for a wildlife person, it's like, holy crap, there's a lot to see here. Yeah. Um, so we did, we did after the Cabarrus County burn, eight of our Harleys went out there, dragging this out, but I'll finish up pretty quick, and burned off that, that field as well, and knocked that out in a, in a just marathon day of burning, which was awesome. That burn... Speak, that burn was one. We backed we backed that fire, which means we we burned it into the wind. Ten acres. We never lit a head fire on it. We burnt the whole thing backing it. It was it was a burn where. Which I, the, I know the, I've never done that. On the ride home, on the ride home, I was just like, just thinking of, just like, you know, just silence. I wanted I wanted quiet reflection time. I probably, I probably didn't allow that. I talk to y'all a lot on the drives home. It's fun, yeah. Because, well, mainly because I don't want to fall asleep. Uh-huh. And so I just like try to keep the chatter up. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I got in my vehicle from your house to home, that was silent reflection time. But we had, so the one thing that you're really looking out for on fires is spot overs. Yep. It's, uh, that's when fire goes from your, fire, your burn area across a fire line and then gets into somewhere that's into not the non-burn area. Into the non-burn area, somewhere it's not supposed to be. Yeah. Hence, and, spotting yeah. over. Yeah. It's like a magical thing where there's nothing there, and all of a sudden that shit's on fire. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, sometimes there's no explanation of why it caught on fire. Yeah, and uh, we had a handful of them, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a kind of day where, you know, had they gone unattended without vigilance and had not been caught. Uh, the fire would not have been caught. Yeah, what's dangerous about a spot over is when, when an ember blows over the line and catches something on fire on the other side of the line, it's instant head fire. It's got the wind in its back. So that means it can grow exponentially fast and run away from you, as in the wind is pushing it the way it wants to go, and there's plenty of unburned fuel in front of it for it mm-hmm. to eat. Mm-hmm. So that's why spot overs are, I mean, that's how people lose fires. Yeah. That's how, that's how you go from a prescribed burn and controlled burn to a wildfire, mm-hmm. yeah. which it happens. I mean, yeah. that's it, it's really not a case of, of if it's going to happen. I'll be honest. It's kind of a case of when. At some point, spot overs are going to happen, and there's going to be a point where somebody didn't see it. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. That's it was just, yeah, and it was just one of those days where there's, there's days where you're, you know, concerned about them, and there's days where you're concerned about them, but, you know, not like, oh, well, this, it, I mean, if it spots over, we can catch Turn it. Turn on the front burner. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, this is a, this is the first one. This is this was the day where it was, you know, we really wanted to be careful. And we called all of them, and it was a great burn. God, one of the best of the year. So, was a good anyways. Steely, Steely did a great job. I'll give her a shout out. She probably won't listen to the podcast. Caught, no, probably not. She'll call, she caught a heck of a spot over. She, she caught. Had a, she had a premonition. Yeah, she caught one, went and checked the place. I just checked a little bit ago, and it was fine. She went back and checked it and caught one that had happened in the 10 minutes that I wasn't there and was dealing with my own stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Way, I mean, way far away. I gave her a hug. I was like, I was like, Steely, you saved the bird. Mm-hmm. That one right there could have been a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the crazy thing was, and she's the newest burger we got. Yeah. This, uh, you know, days like that are stressful, but also I think it's, in, I think it's invaluable. I mean, it's, you, I, I'm appreciative for you and this job because man, you don't get experience like that at a lot of places. Like I. Sometimes it's hard to believe you get paid to do that. It's, it's taught me, uh, I mean, it's very much so taught me about keeping a level head, uh, staying calm. You know, we're lighting, we're lighting on the back and line, and fire was standing up. We had a fire break that's seven feet wide, eight feet wide, and we had fire standing up 12 feet tall right off the line and just throwing flashy fuels in our face. I mean, it's like 250 degrees in our face. And, and you, the whole rule, the rule from very first time that I started working with you is just like, stay calm, you know? So we'd be talking on the radio, staying ahead of the thing, just like, yep, everything's good over here. Caught a spot over, you know? Yeah, I'm like, good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not like, holy crap, it's spotting over over yeah. there. Yeah. 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 That, yeah, well, I'm glad, I mean, you and Steely both do, have done, and you pre-Steely, great job. Um I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You guys could definitely have your own burning show without me, and 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 do it at this point. You're you're good to go. Um, um, I want to talk about turkeys. I want to talk, talk about, about our turkeys. You're stores. done with burnt. You're done with fire. I just we've gone on and on. Well, I will say, you don't know. You probably don't know what we're talking about if you've never been on prescribed burn. Like you can't picture any of this stuff. You might have seen a big bonfire, a big brush brush pile on fire and thought that's big fire nothing like this when you're burning acreage it's a whole different realm of the world so hence why we are so fascinated by it and and love it as a management tool it's a great tool it's a dangerous tool but it is a economical useful tool that that a lot of things need and we talk about the dangers of it on here because that's the that's the adrenaline part of it I, I mean i feel like that's what people are interested in Nobody wants to see a picture of a little two-foot-tall creeper baseline mm-hmm. back and fire. Yeah. Everybody wants to see the ripper that's 14-foot high and eating yeah. a pine tree. And that's a good point. I mean, like, we've, we've done, we're on to our 12th or whatever burn of the year is our next one. And we've been doing that many burns for four years together. And we haven't had one get out. Knock on wood. And we're knock on wood. I'm knocking on wood right now. Um, haven't had one get out. And, um, so it's not like we, uh, yeah, we're talking about, oh gosh, it's crazy in the spot overs, you know, we've been doing it for a long time and nothing, nothing's happened. So it's a, it's a, well, something tool. happened. We did yeah. catch a game, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> something happened, but it's a useful tool and it's, it's fun. It, so. it is fun. It is fun. I highly recommend you uh, try to get involved in one something. And I've had people reach out to me, people who listen to this podcast reach out to me about coming and helping and really, like, I am if I have the opportunity to reach back out to y'all and say come on this one, I will. Usually I don't know that we're burning it until eight hours before. And it's not because I'm trying to keep it top secret. It's not. It's just weather. It's like every, you know, it's, it's hard to plan one. Can't trust the weather man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really hard to plan one out. Um, so if you reached out and you're like, oh, they're talking about burns and I asked to be on one and they didn't call me. It's really, it's not like, because I don't trust you or don't want you to come on. It's just because 
it's really hard to predict. Um, yeah. So before we talk turkeys. Good call. That's what you should do. Ads. Yep. We're friends. Right. Let's talk, talk about, about our buddies. Talk about friends. Let's talk about let's talk about rock outdoors. Yeah. Um, we can make rock outdoors somewhat short because. Yeah, we got a podcast coming up. They're coming up. I know that we just had one with them, but we've got. This is totally different. Yeah, this is, this is totally different, but um, I mean, I mean, what do you what do you say? They if got you, everything. Uh, they got everything outdoors, as far as if it concerns water, they got it. Yeah, and it's a good place to get it. It's local. It's it's really like having like if if you reserved a high end Bass Pro Shop for yourself and your family to go shopping in, and nobody else is allowed to be there, just you and your family. That's what going to Rock Outdoors is like because they got all the same stuff and better stuff in, in some cases, but there's no crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, except when we did our podcast there, it started filling up towards the end. But it's, it's still like, it's not going to be, it's not, it's not, it's not, yeah. it's not knees and elbows, Bass mm-hmm. Pro Shop, pain in the butt mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hate going there. Mm-hmm. But Rock That's Outdoors. not overpriced like that either. Yeah. Rock Outdoors is a place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, one more thing, talking about burning. And, you know, I kind of look like I could be a member of the Hells Angels, the way my, my beard is, is operating right now. And the only thing keeping it from being uh, just straight up hobo mess is wolf and iron. I, and I'm dead serious about that. My, I, have a, I have an issue with uh, my skin being dry anyway, especially on my face. And wolf and iron's beard products... And if you're if you're a dude with a beard or a gal with a beard, and you're you're gonna experience this at some point, I don't care what you say. You may have perfect skin, and you very well may, but at some point you're gonna experience some dry skin under your beard. It's just part of life. And I've had a beard long enough to know that you gotta take care of it. Wolf and Iron's got the products that are all natural to help you do that, and that's what's keeping me going. It's what's keeping my face from being chapped, and I work outside every day. So I think that's a great ad for those guys. You should check them out. Don't be bothered by all the other crazy beard stuff out there. So yeah, just get something local. local that's natural. You can trust it. Wolf and Iron. Nice. All right, back to the show. Okay. I'm gonna throw my notes away. Let's just talk. Let's just talk. Okay. Hey, we got we got stories. So to tell. we owe people. So we've got a bunch of sweet interviews coming up. Um, next episode, we're gonna be interviewing. Um, top single artist multiple times Adele she's coming on <laughs> no but I did call her and see if she was interested send her an email not coming not coming on the show anytime <laughs> soon that we know of yeah. um, but uh, we did reach out to Adele some, if you're listening and you do want to come on my email we'll it's on the it. website yeah we'll take it yeah we'd, we'd still like to have you on yeah. sing us a ditty yeah Maybe maybe even tickle them ivories a little bit. Yeah. If you were interested, if you are, if you really, you're probably listening out there. If you are interested, we will we will consider since, having you on. Since turkey season came in, so this may sound stupid, but since we're, the, the whole reason this is my transition here. So you were singing. I know where this. No, is. you don't even. But you still don't know what the transition is. No, it, nobody could guess it in a million years. Okay. So my jams. So I got jams for all the things I do. Every activity that I do, there's a jam associated. My, what's the word, head radio or whatever that's playing. And turkey season starts rolling around. 
I don't know why. I don't know if it's like the time of year that some of the the hit Adele songs landed in the past or what. But Adele is on constant constant playback. All the songs just running through Adele. When you're when you're out turkey hunting, mm-hmm. and you're in the that's woods, what I'm thinking. Think you're about in the it. woods and you're walking or something. Is a song playing? Oh yeah, it? and it's Adele. My, dude, mine does. I, my brain. Your head radio. Does, it does the same thing. It was happening this morning. Yeah, and I even try to remember it. Like I always think, well, if I ever had my own TV show, at this point in the in the show, this would be playing. So and Adele would it, be playing. Oh yeah, it'd be Adele. Like that's so in the morning. In the morning time. For <laughs> I don't, dude, it's not like I'm sure Adele never intended for her songs to be like the the soundtrack to a good turkey hunt yeah, video. Yeah. <laughs> but guess what? They are my turkey hunting video that's in my head. Yeah. So in the mornings, whenever I'm roosting, locating a bird to hunt, I'm like, "Hello, it's me. Can you hear me?" Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, that's what's playing in my head. And then a little while later, it's rolling in the deep, buddy, when they're coming in, just hammering off. And I'm just like, oh, it's on. It's on. I can hear Dale tuning up, <laughs> tuning up the pipes. It's on. Uh, I don't know. That That's just what's in my head. So you got a turkey hunt saw what's in your head whenever you're... Oh, man. Um, whenever you're I, walking? Probably not really. I think it's just kind of like whatever I heard the night before or something. It'll get stuck. And like it's, it gets to the point... Where I have to be like, shut up. Yeah. Uh-huh. I have to tell like my brain to shut up. To stop, to turn it off for yeah, a minute. Yeah, I'm trying to listen. We were talking the other day about geo-referenced memories. Uh-huh. Um, where you're in a place and it yeah, triggers Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? Remember, because we were, we had driven down, like, it was a good transition. Not truly transition, but we had driven down to that burn in Moore County. Mm-hmm. And we drove down this road, and, there's th- and there was a, we passed over a bridge over the deep river that had a dam. And I remember from 10 days back or whenever, when we had driven over that dam, and I turned to Cody and said, oh, last time we drove over this dam, you said this, and then this, and this, and it was verbatim. What I had said. What you had said. Yep. And that's like, yeah, so I guess, I mean, it makes sense, but I'd say geo-reference stuff is like my number one trigger for memory. That's what you're saying. And then yours probably is auditory or smell. 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 I think smell, like a lot of times smells will trigger memories for me. Um. So I'd be interested to know what folks, how folks operate in that, in that thing. Because that was interesting. You know what I think about when we drive over that bridge with that dam right there? Why don't they tear that dam out? Yeah. They're not using that dam anymore at all. Like that whole power generating thing right there is long been gone. So I would, I'd love to get to the bottom of why that dam's still there. It's pretty bad. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a monstrosity. It's I mean, awful. I, it. I know it's awful, but I'm just saying. I mean, I'm sure the people that live right there... Lakeside, like Lakeside, they like to be able to have that nice deep Swimming water right, and yeah. not a not a little muddy creek, basically. But uh, the dam's got to go. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, moving on. Uh, opening day. Opening day. You were at a wedding. <laughs> I was at a wedding. You had already got a little jump on turkey season, though. You went down to South Carolina and, and didn't didn't have a whole lot of success. Um, seems to be, the, seems to be the the rumor mill in South Carolina. Is it really? Yeah, everybody I've talked to, they're not doing great down there. Um, know a lot of people that hunt South Carolina. Been a little slow, comparative to usually when y'all are piling them up. But here in North Carolina, I mean, it seems to be about on par with with previous years, pre-COVID years, um, from what I've seen and what I've heard and people I've talked to. 
Goblin's been great. It wasn't so great this morning, but Goblin's been awesome. Opening morning, I dubbed it Gobble Fest 2021. It was, I had, I'll just divulge, I'll just divulge. Yeah, it's, it. it's, it's for the greater good. So, all you non sportsman <laughs> members, listen up. Damn. We just had a bird. Was that what that was? Yeah, what kind of bird was that? Yeah, I don't know. I'm about to look. Keep going. Was it a gobbler? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that, I can't even beat him off of me with a stick right now. Go ahead. I'm, keep going. I'm hot. Look at this bird. Yeah, let us know. Report back. Um, so, anyways, while Sam's investigating that, you may have to go give it I'm gonna go uh, CPR. Yeah. Sam's going to go resuscitate Tell the story. Go. I'm telling the story. I'm telling it. So, opening day, I had drawn block five. You're writing this down. I had drawn block five of the point property. So I actually drew it last year and struck out um, on opening day, did not kill a bird, had a great, two great opportunities and just whiffed. Didn't even get to shoot, but it was just my fault. Well, this year I had committed myself to changing the game. I wanted to, I always try to put in for days that I'm not competing with Support some members just because I don't want to. How's what's the uh, what's bad the news? A hummingbird, a hummingbird, ruby throated, ruby throated hummingbird just hit the deck. Yeah, uh, that's sad, man. Uh, and that brings me to you know, there's things that you can do for that, like putting CDs on your windows or whatever. You ever heard that trick? Well, I've always heard tint in your windows is a good call, those are tinted. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering why I clipped it. But it's kind of reflective a little bit. Yeah. If I've uh, people hang CDs or like tape CDs up, and at least it shows that there's a barrier there. But so Ruby throated hummingbird. Yep. Dead, huh? Dead. Still laying out there. Yeah. We can check it out. Now. Yeah, well, that's a specimen. I'm gonna get that skull. I don't it's have super. A, it's super cool. I don't have a hummingbird. But skull. I found it. So. So you're keeping the skull. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better go get it before Jeff comes out here and cleans it, <laughs> sweeps it in the thing. Um. Well, that's sad. Yeah, where were you? I I was just telling about having block five. Okay. So I drew block five, and I was just telling about how I had put in for the week leading up to opening day and and having opening day for multiple reasons. One, I like to get to jump on turkeys. I like to be out there on opening day. Reason number two is I try not to compete with all our sports members and, you know, let everybody else have first crack, and I'll just take whatever is left over and available. Um, so I landed on block five, which was not, in my opinion, a bad deal. Uh, I knew that there were birds around, always are, always are. So I didn't think that block five was the best block to have on opening day. I knew which block I wanted, didn't get that one, didn't even put in it. It was stacked up with, with, with you know, hunters. So. I got block five, me and a friend, we drew it the legitimate way. And we both went and picked a day to go listen during the week in the morning time and see if there was any birds there. My morning, I did not hear any birds on block five, which was very discouraging. His morning, he heard one, one bird on block five. So we hypothesized that it would be best case scenario if we sat together and Whoever side the bird came in on, if he came in, that's who got dibs. And we would just hunt together. Because there's only one bird, no reason to booger it up by splitting up. It's a fun way to play it. And I will say I need to I need to say this before I continue with the story. And I haven't even told you about this yet. 
but I know we've made it adamantly clear that if you're an adult and you draw that week leading up to opening day, that you can only hunt turkeys on opening day legally. Mm-hmm. We need to reiterate that. Mm-hmm. It happened again this year. Mm-hmm. So I will follow up with you afterwards on that. But, yeah, nothing nothing happened that broke the law other than the activity of going. Yeah. But, yeah, we just need to we need to group up, me and you and Steely, and come up with a way to get that across. So, folks listening, North Carolina has a youth week where if you're under, I guess, 16, it's either 16 or 18, I think 16. I don't even know because I'm not a youth. Um, and my youth's not big enough to go yet. So if you're under the ages of whatever, you can turkey hunt a week leading up to the regular season. But if you're an adult... Had a young man in the Sports and Access program harvest a bird. Yep, yep, it's happen- it happens, and I don't think that's the only case of that ever happening. It, it, yeah, it happens pretty much every year. I don't think he intentionally went out to break the law. No, I'm saying this, we had a, we had a kid. Oh, yeah, oh, I get what you're saying. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, we had a a actual legitimate youth uh-huh. harvest a turkey. Mm-hmm. Yep, harvest a turkey in one of our burns. Yeah. So yeah, kudos to that young man. Way to go. Yeah. Nice bird too from over here. Nice. So anyways, that's the only turkey that had been harvested. Yes. Leading up to opening day. Yes. So opening day rolls around. We meet up, my, me and my buddy, and he tells me about where he had heard the bird the morning before. Uh, we decide to head off get down there to the listening spot because I kind of like to uh, I kind of like to hear him gobble one time before I decide where I'm going to stake down camp for sitting for a while and calling and we stood around stood around it's cracking it's kind of like your story from this morning I'll tell it it's cracking light you know birds should be gobbling nothing and it's just you know you're starting to get that feeling of eh maybe we screwed up we should have went somewhere else um, and we hear a gobble off in the distance. It's always one way off first. It's never the bird you're hunting never gobbles first. What's up with that? I don't know. Never. I've never had the bird I'm hunting gobble first. I want to know what what the deal is there. But one because they always like make you think, well maybe I you know, maybe I need to go over there. Maybe that was my bird and he's mm-hmm. you know, yeah. something spooked him off the roost last uh-huh. night. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, all those thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And so anyways, thinking all those things, those evil thoughts, and then we hear one, and he's closer. It's not still on our block, but he's closer. So I said, let's just start easing in here. Matt says, yeah, let's, we'll just start slipping in. So we start slipping in where we're going to set up. It's still dark, like not legal shooting time yet, but it's time for turkeys to gobble. And then as we're slipping in, he hammers. And he's he's in the spot where he's supposed to be, on our block, mm. sounding good, sounding very, very huntable. And so we're both like, you know, giving a little, oh yeah, there he is, you know, pointing in the direction he was, and, you know, and getting excited. And I wish you could see my hand gestures because I'm doing all the things. I'm doing all the things they do on TV because it's not really what not I'm even doing. on TV. I mean, that's what you're doing. But you always like exactly. when you hear one, you always do that finger like, oh, there he was, you know. Uh-huh. Or you hold your hand up to your ear and motion to your buddy, oh, you hear that, you know. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Because you're trying to be quiet. You can't, you can't get a little wide-eyed. Yeah, oh, your eyes get way big. You've yeah. been sleepy up until that point. First turkey gobbles in the morning. You ain't sleeping no more. I'm up. Sorry. Let me make sure it's not anything that's going to cause us to have to shut down. Um, okay. Nothing but the boss. It'll be fine. Um, so, anyways, 
we uh, start slipping in. And I'm a little nervous to get too close because this area was an area that we burned. Sam and I burned this and Steely. And I didn't want to be slipping around there because it's open. And it's easy to see, even in the dark. Yeah. I mean, a turkey spot you. Mm-hmm. No problem. I mean, they make a living avoiding things like me. So didn't want to slip in there too close. So I said, let's just sit on this corner, which coincidentally was about the exact same corner I set up on the year before. And was wishing I'd had a decoy. Yep, and I didn't have a decoy, and the bird saw right through my sham very quickly. But the, the what was working in our favor this time was the direction the birds were going to have to come from was kind of brushy because they were down this little drain. And I say birds because as we sat down, our gobbler gobbles, and then his three friends decide to gobble, mm-hmm. and they're all together in the same couple of trees Mm -hmm. and they're all sounding like I mean you can't tell really the age from a gobble but we've all heard immature gobbles versus mature gobbles these were in my opinion mature and I look at Matt I was like oh this is sounding good I'm getting netted up get my face mask on get my leafy suit on get all that stuff on get totally try to turn myself into the invisible man Matt's doing the same sit down, get comfortable. It's getting close to time where you need to let them know, hey, I'm over here. Mm-hmm. This is the first place you need to be when your feet hit the ground. Because mm-hmm. I like to be the first hen to talk. Mm-hmm. That way they already on, I'm already on their mind before they even hear the other hens. I Maybe I'm doing something wrong here, but as soon as I hear the bird that I want gobble, I'm gonna, it's within the next minute. I'm I'm calling. Oh really? See, I don't do that. I should. I, I should do that. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I, I should don't. wait. Yeah, I always. I get. I get exactly how I need to be. Well, I'm. I'm already set. Okay. You, as soon as you like, hear this it? is this is like. Yeah. No, like, I'll let him. I'll let him sound off. Let because him stew on it. Yeah. I'll let him sound off, and I tell you why. Because I don't want his gobble. I don't want me thinking that his gobble is to me. Reactionary to me when it may just be him gobbling because it's. Time, it's that time of the morning, and I'm I'm awake, and hey, everybody, this is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want those two gobbles to be confused mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. because when he gobbles at me, I know he knows, and he knows I know, and we're on the same page, mm-hmm. and that kind of is like telling your buddy it's on. So that's the reason I, I don't usually hammer right back as soon as they gobble. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I look at my like, you ready? He says, yeah, I'm ready. So I there's been a little bit of silence there. It's kind of time. So I hit the call again. Like, oh, 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 oh. All four of them, dude. All four of them. I look at Matt and I said, go ahead and order breakfast. Because we're going to be eating in a minute. And uh, he's grinning like I can see him through his face mask. We're both grinning. I mean, there's no doubt we're fixing to kill. And that goes on for 15 minutes of every five minutes I do that they give me that same treatment back and sometimes they would do it five or six times each of them I mean I bet you we heard minimum 80 gobbles high end 150 somewhere in there it was it was gobble fest they were hammering off shaking limbs I mean they were close they were within 100 yards we just couldn't see them and we hear them fly down they gobble 
I call to them. Uh, that's one thing I do do. Cindy, when they when down. I hear them fly down, when they hit, when I know they've hit the ground, you know, remind them, hey, this is where I'm at. Don't forget, this is where you need to be. And uh, I did that, and two of them gobbled. We're going to double up. We're definitely going to double up on Turks. And we wait and wait and wait. They never show up. We hear some gobbles off in the distance. Could have been those birds. Could have been who knows. But our turkey chance went from we're about to order breakfast to we're probably not going to get supper. It's going to be a long day. And so we sat around, made the decision that, well, they're not coming. We need to do something else. We'll split up. So we split up. I take one end of the block. He takes the other end. We kind of both go do our own thing. I do some sitting, some calling, some walking, and some looking. Nothing. The only thing I saw of interest was a coyote deer. I found a fresh coyote deer with bones in it, which was cool, of some kind of, uh, some kind of uh, rodent bones. I don't know what they were. Big rooted, really cotton rat. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's what I said to myself when I saw it. Probably, he, probably he, cotton he, rat. He eats those. <laughs> probably cotton rat. But uh, anyway, we we wind up meeting up back at the truck at eleven ish, and the for, weather forecast looked kind of junky. Looking like thunderstorms rolling in. Trying to decide whether to go fishing, whether to stick it out and hunt, whether to go get something to eat. All these things are going through our minds what to do. I knew the white bass were biting. I knew that would have been a guaranteed good time. So do I want to like go home, scratch the turkey hunt, get my rods and white bass fish, or do I want to stick with it and work it out? Wound up deciding to go to Dollar General and buy a pack of hot dogs. That was the decision we landed on. And we'll see how we feel after that. Hot dogs in our bellies after being cooked on the biolite stove that you can get from backcountry and beyond decide that you know what got enough fuel in the tank I'm going to keep going so we decided to change sides he's going to take the side I'd hunted in the morning time I'm going to take the side he hunted in the morning time and we both take off with a plan to touch base with one another around 3 o'clock and this is at noon and I make a couple of sits, nothing. The wind's starting to kick up, Clouds cover, cloud cover's rolling in, spitting rain here and there. Um, it's really windy, um, probably 20 mile an hour winds. They were, it was windy. And the others, one of the sports members had left uh, that had another block. One guy was still there. We never saw him actually after, the, after he left his truck in the morning. We never saw him again. He put in a long day. But um, anyways, I uh, knew there wasn't a lot of competition out there at the time, and uh, so I was calling. Like I don't, when there's a lot of people around, I don't do a ton of calling because I don't want people thinking I'm an idiot for one, and for two, I don't want to call in dudes. Mm-hmm. But um, you don't really have to worry about it so bad. Uh, yeah, you don't have to worry about it because you got your own block. But I was also kind of hunting the parameters a little bit too mm-hmm. because we split up, and so we're trying to like give each other a little bit of berth. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I, I was, you know, fairly close to my edges, yeah. my edge of the block. And I'm sure he was too, because you know they're big, but they're not that big. So, anyways, I'd made several sits in in what I consider prime locations, and and I should know since it's my job. I, I know where the turkeys 
like to be on the property. I know where they want to be because I'm there all the time. And nothing, dude, nothing. Not a gobble, not a hen. I at least expected to jump a hen. Not even that. And so I was pretty much over it. And I go back to where those birds have been roosted in the morning time. Well, I'm just going to sit, sit here, see if anything walks through, you know. Maybe they'll come to roost way early because of the storm that's pushing in. And I'm sitting there, and I've made a couple of calls on my wing bone, which is super loud, and hadn't heard anything. And finally, I got one to gobble across the main stem of the yakin. And he would gobble at me every time I hit the wing bone. Every 10 minutes when I hit the wing bone, he would gobble. He was in the exact same place. I even know whose property he was on. I could dang near tell you what path he was standing on on that property. But not a killable bird, not a huntable bird, wasn't going to fly the main stem of the yak, and I didn't think. And so it gets to be 3 o'clock or so, and I text my buddy. I said, man, I'm, I'm packing it up. I had one gobble. Across the river, not gettable. I'm going to start heading towards the truck. He says, yeah, me too. And so I start walking out, and I get kind of to the very corner of my block there. And I decided to give it one more good rip on the wing bone. More or less, just kind of a finale toot. You know, give it that, that last toot of the horn. And so I, I rip out a long series of yelps on the wing bone. Just like long, whiny yelps. They're loud, shrill. And I hear, and the wind's blowing hard, and I hear what I thought was either a gobble or a woodpecker. Mm-hmm. That's an easy mistake to make sometimes. And it wasn't the woodpecker drilling sound, like uh-huh. it was the that pileated woodpecker. Yeah. That sound was I was like, it's either that or a gobble. But it was way down the bottom of block six on the far side, which is a over a quarter mile. I mean, it's a long ways yeah. from where I was. Long ways and across all kinds of terrain. And uh I was like, oh, is that a gobble? So I do it again with my wing bone, and it does it again. I'm like, oh, that, that was definitely a gobble. That's cool. Long way. So I text Matt, like, just got another gobble, but it's on block six and not, definitely not killable. And so I start walking up the road, the divider road on, on my block. I headed back to the truck. I get up to the top of the hill where you've got a good vantage point of blocks three six and five Mm -hmm. and I turn around and look and I see something coming across that field way down on block six pull out my rangefinder because my rangefinder's got some zoom power and look and it's that gobbler and he is coming on a rope and he's got a rope and I think oh my gosh that turkey is hauling it hauling the mail to where I'm going he'd run he'd run 20 feet stop and strut run 20 feet stop and strut and so I take off down the fire break that I'm coincidentally right next to. It cuts in the woods yeah, right where I was. Exactly. You know exactly where I was standing. Yeah. I run, and that fire break had woods between me and where the gobbler yeah, that's was. Great. That's a great way to sneak back down. Yeah, so, I, so I run. I think, I think a lesser hunter, I think a lesser hunter would have ran back down the road thinking that that hedgerow would have hit That him. cedar hedgerow. And yeah. it probably would have. And There's would have, gaps, though. And with a plan to ambush at the corner of the field. It's not a bad idea. But see, I didn't have that block. That's why I didn't. That's the main reason I didn't do it. 
It's because I didn't have block six. I only had block five. Oh, I thought you were talking about the hedgerow that's kind of right there on the edge of the field. On both the I'm talking if you went down the divider road, uh-huh. I think most folks would have tried to cut him off as he's coming out of that field uh-huh. into the main divider road uh-huh. yeah. right there. Just wait for him to cross across the – Yeah. I mean, wait for him to you cross from six he, to five. That was right? exactly where he was going to cross, mm-hmm. but I didn't have block six. And mm-hmm. there's no way he would have walked in front of me off of block six into block five yeah. without seeing me mm-hmm. standing in that road. So I cut down the fire rate, run all the way to the far end, back to where I'd originally been when I was calling, because I knew that was where he was headed. Mm-hmm. I run down there, stop, you know, my heart is pounding. I just ran with all my gear on, you know, I don't know how far that is, it's a long ways. And I stopped, I hadn't heard him gobble, I hit my wing bone, and he hammers off, and he's about in the same spot that I had last seen him in that field. So I'm thinking, well, good, he stopped there, struck. And so I sit down, do, we do this back and forth a couple of times. I decide he's he's still up there. I'm going to sneak a tad closer up into this burn. So that's what I do. And I told you earlier, I was sitting in this little draw. And if you're familiar with block five coming off the road, you'll know. There's like a little kind of drain area coming off that corner between five and six into the pines where it's just like a little swell there. And... Uh, I sit down in that thinking that's exactly what he's going to walk down when he comes in here looking for me. And I hit the wing bone, he hammers back, so I start like wing bone calling real soft, which is hard to do. It's super hard to do. But I just think, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he's gobbling. And then he stops. And I don't hear him. And it's like seven, eight minutes goes by. I hadn't heard a thing. And I hadn't called anymore. And I'm starting to get worried. When that happens, it's you're always thinking the worst, and I was thinking the worst. Like, he's hung up in that field, or the other hunter came down the road and spooked him off. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? A million things could happen. Then I hear the telltale sign that is as if you've plucked this thing like a guitar string, barbed wire rattling on that fence that's on block five that is between the pines and the ag field. Mm-hmm. And it's just... And I kind of out of the corner of my eye, because I'm facing up the hill. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking over my left shoulder. I kind of look, and I see him. And he's in full strut. He's just come through the fence into the burn. And I, then I hear it. Just drumming. And he's strutting around. You know how they kind of look like they're floating on a cloud when they're mm-hmm. strutting? He's doing, doing that. And that tears me up. Tears me up. But he's... The way I'm positioned, there is no chance of me getting any closer. The way he is moving, and the way I know he's wanting to travel at this point, is down that ridge, Mm -hmm. which is no chance of me getting back on him again. He could see me, no doubt. I'm in the bald open. And so I wait for him to come into an opening, and I cluck at him with my mouth. And he comes out of full strut, sticks that neck out just like I like and I, and I drop hammer, dude. Drop hammer. He rolls up. I stand up, you know, about to bolt up there. And I see him, like, trying to get his feet back under him. And I'm like, oh, no. So as soon as he, like, starts to get his feet back under him, I put another one in him. And uh, he goes down for the count that time. I run up there. You know, I'm on top of him. He's dead. Everything's all good. Great bird. Long story to tell. But the, I think the take home from that is I killed that bird at 355 in the afternoon after hunting all day calling excessively 
I would say excessively calling. So it can be done. It, they, they can gobble in the afternoons. You can call birds ridiculous long distances that you don't think are possible off of other properties that you can't hunt. All that can be done. So I, uh, it's like my buddy Dallas says, it's like turkey hunting and arrowhead hunting. It can happen any place, any time. Mm-hmm. Like you can get a gobbler, you can find an arrowhead any place, any time. Yeah, there's a, I mean, things work and then things that you think work don't work and things that you did last year don't work this year. That's, I mean, there's, that's what I think keeps me fired up about it and keeps you fired up about it. It's just like. Yeah, I learn something every single trip, even if I don't you, hear a gobbler. Think, and then you think you learned something. And you think you have a trick. You, you think you got it figured you think out. You got it figured out, and then it, you just like the next time you go out, you just suck. Even hunting the same bird, like mm-hmm. he did this yesterday, so I'm yeah. going to do X. Yeah. In the morning, mm-hmm. and then he's nowhere to be found in the morning, or he does the exact opposite of what he did the day before. Yeah. Yeah. I, totally. Uh, so I, I'll tell mine. It's a, it's a not a happy ending. You story. want the stats on my bird first? Yeah, please. So, stat number one that I haven't told you yet, he was full of beard rot. Mm-hmm. So, he had a really thick paintbrush beard like this one, but half of it was rotted halfway up. Mm-hmm. So, only half of it was full length. It was 11 and a quarter inches. Nice long rope. Would have been great if it was full. Um, and then he had an inch and eight spurs that were the cool clear color. Yeah, like those, that mm-hmm. clear color, which I like a whole lot. And uh, he weighed 22.88 pounds. So great sportsman access program bird. And the other part of the story is that on Monday, Monday or Tuesday, Monday, Monday or Tuesday, another, the sportsman member on Block 5 also killed an 11-inch bearded gobbler. No kidding. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Yep. So two 11-inch bearded gobblers off the same block in less than two days. Wow. So now that's, that's, that's to sell the sportsman program. Yeah, that's nice. And get you interested in being a member. So I uh, came back from the wedding, and Monday, the first day that I could go out, I uh, couldn't hunt Monday morning. I had to work. So Monday afternoon, I went and checked out one of the places that I had scouted that I was fired up about, but I, um, I just didn't know, like, you know, the unknown of not being there Saturday, I didn't know who'd been there. But there was one thing in my favor, which is it's just like an absolute nightmare to get to the spot. Um, so the only way for me to get there was park. It's a public land spot. Park, walk about a mile and a half. I carried my waders, put my waders on, walked across a wet area. Stashed my waders on the other side, walked another half mile, mile, probably three miles back. Um, so get back there, do some sitting, didn't hear anything. And I was like, well, might as well go back. Went back the next day, called in two hens. In South Carolina, I called in a hen too. So I'm up to three hens that I've called in. No Ladies are loving it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, two separate hens, two separate sits. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes I can make, yeah. but I can't I can't make any of them on the podcast. Um, heard gobbles, a few gobbles in the morning, um, and then they shut off. There's a lot of hens around, I guess. I mean, it's just, you know, and I can't find, find that out the next day. But enough gobbles um, on Tuesday 
to keep me interested. Go now, did you, now, did you go back at night and listen in the same place again? Yes. Did you go all the way back in there yes. just to listen? Yes. To Rushmore? Yes. Jeez. Okay. So, I did it again last night. And so you've made four trips in there. Yes. <laughs> but last night, last Dang. night, I had an idea. I, I, I've been there before. I've been but you hadn't heard a gobble yet. I heard gobbles on the roost on, uh, or off, yeah, gobbles on the roost on Tuesday morning. A few. Okay. But they shut off. What's like, today? Today's Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. So Tuesday night, I went back to where I thought I heard the gobbles from that morning. Okay, I'm following. Okay. So I went back last night, got to an opening, um, like a wildlife opening, like a clearing, um, that had a big ridge in it that divided it east and west. You can't see the western edge or the eastern edge from either side. Got a big old ridge in it, but it's open field. You know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to... Yeah, it's I'm a, try, I'm do, uh, uh, I, Yeah, we yeah, can't say what it uh, is, but... Yeah. Because it gives too much. I don't want to, yeah, I'm just going to. It's an opening. It's an opening. It's a long ass opening. Yeah, big old field. Yeah. And um, so I slipped over the top of that ridge and looked down on the eastern side. This is 7 p.m. And see four hens. And I get that. I'm watching. I'm like, oh, shit. No gobblers, though. But I was like, this is a good place to So you saw four hens headed to roost. Headed to roost. At, at night. Yesterday evening. Yesterday evening. Didn't hear a gobble. Not yet. Okay. So, but I was like, this is a great place for me to sit. There's four hens around. Bound to be one of those gobblers around, you know? So I sit on top of that ridge and just sit there and sit there and sit there. And it gets to be about 8.15. And then the gobbler, I hear him. And he's not far. He's, he's on the ground. He's he's on the ground and then up in the roost. He gobbles four times. So you heard him gobble on the ground, then he flies, flies over the tree. roost, gobbles three times. And I was At 8.15? Like, That's late. late? It's late. Yeah, it's late. It's late. Is that right? 8.15? What time is sunset? I forget. I don't know. Seven. That might not be right. One second. Let me look at my phone real quick. Well, anyways, so you heard this bird. So I heard him, and I'm like, I know, I know where you're at. Yeah, sunsets at 7:54, so it was 15 minutes after sunset. Still light, you still know, legal so, shooting time. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, I know where he's at. I'm gonna go back in the morning for sure. Do the whole process over again. This morning, got up super early. Got up what time have you been leaving the house? Because I'll tell you what time I've been leaving to go on public land. This stupid. So I've been leaving at four. Okay, I've been leaving at 3.20 the past, today's Wednesday, so three mornings in a row. I've been leaving at 4.00. All right, continue. With that long walk, too, I mean, that's just, you know, I'm getting in. I, I just didn't want to get, I just, I should have gotten up at 3. I, I, to, I timed it out, though. I've got it down to a science at this point because I've been there four times. Yeah, I've been to the same place. Same, like, <laughs> three same area. So I, I know exactly the pace I need to go, where I need to be, so where I need to cross the wetlands. <laughs> Do you have a spot designated where you have your morning constitutional? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You've done it three twice. three times. Twice. <laughs> only twice? Yeah. You were able to bypass one morning? Yeah. This well, morning. It's only been, Did you bypass this morning because you were fired up? It's only it? been two mornings. Oh, okay. Two afternoons. Both mornings. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not bypassing in the morning. Yeah. You're allotting an extra four minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've got, I mean, I've got it down to science. I know exactly <laughs> how long it's going to take me to get in there. 
Okay, uh, just just yeah. just I was checking to see how much of a science you were at here. Down to the science. So you've you've made it past that point where you've waited the uh, yeah it's the wet spot. Of waiting the first time I waited it, we must have gotten the rain on Saturday. You said it was spitting rain a little bit because this yeah this I wet, I left before the rain came in. This wetlands area is filled up with water, so I had to uh, when I crossed, I went under the first time, went over the top of my waders. Jeez. Um, but I've got it down to where I found like the one place, that, the one place that I can cross. Um, anyways, you might be the only guy doing that. Well, apparently not, unless the guys that I saw today. Anyways, we'll get there. So this morning I go. They came in by. They came in. I don't know. Different way. No, I think that. Yeah, I, were you about to say they came in by private? Yeah. Yeah, because there's. I think they came in by private. Yeah, they didn't come in the way you came in. Uh, Nobody's doing that. I think they came in by private. All right. So get in um, there. Yeah, this morning I sit down. I'm in the spot. I mean, I'm like, you know, I think I'm 100 yards ish from where I want to be, but I don't want to because it's on the edge of like a yeah yield. You always tear that line of how close do I need to be to where I think he is. Uh I like to be as tight as possible, but that's bit me in the butt. Also, I didn't see. I would have been more comfortable if I had seen the tree. If I knew the tree, I just knew the clump of trees. You know, yeah. I knew the area. Um, I knew a, I knew within a quarter acre this to se- a half this acre. This season, the roosting thing's been tough. Yeah. So I knew within a half acre where he was. So I set up on a good spot. I thought was really good, tight spot. I could see the wildlife opening the field. I could see a nice long ways into the hardwoods. I was sitting on the edge. You're covering some acreage. Yeah. If he comes my way. You're going to get a glimpse. I'm going to get a glimpse. And uh, light starts cracking light. Nothing. Sun rises. Nothing. 15 minutes goes by after sunrise. Nothing. And I was, same thing that you were thinking. I was like, something scare him off the roost. You know, did I scare him off the roost? Did, what happened? What happened here? He's not here. So, like I said, on the eastern side of that of that that ridge in the field, I'd seen those four heads cross. So, I was like, all right, it's time to make a move. Uh, go where you think they're going. Those hens were crossing here. There's something about this spot they like. It's kind of hidden. And I'm going to cross over the top of this ridge. I'm going to set up on that side. He's probably the only conclusion that I can come up with is that he flew down with those hens. He's with them. He's not coming to me. And he's he's got the latest with him. Question. Yeah. Do you feel a sense of urgency in that in that like magical hours of between six fifty and seven forty? Gotta make moves. Where if I don't hear a gobble in two minutes, five minutes, I've got to I've got to do something different. Because I'll tell you there's a finite amount of time. I look at my I look at my phone and I say, if something doesn't happen in the next ten minutes, I'm moving. And then I'll I get so panicky that five minutes will pass and I'm like I gotta go. Screw it. I gotta yeah. go. Okay. I always I always do less time than I. Well, there's 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 two reasons. One is because you've got a finite amount of time that before they're they gonna find and before they just stop gobbling uh-huh. for the yeah. day uh-huh. for the morning. Yeah. And then they're gonna be damn near impossible to. Yeah. Fine. And then the other reason is I've got to go to work. Yes. Yes. So I'm like That's thinking. Big. I need to hurry this along, and I would be a much better hunter 
a wor- I'd be a worse employee, but a better hunter if I just didn't worry about that. Yeah. If I just thought, you know what, I got doesn't matter how long it takes. Time is not a thing. That's a hundred percent it. And because that. turkeys are not on a clock. Turkeys are not on a clock. I think about that for sure. I thought about it this morning. So, anyways, I, so I go to the eastern side of the hill. I make the move. I make the move. I clear out. I got a nice spot, nice vantage point. I feel pretty good about it. I you anybody who turkey hunts probably sits down they're like on a good spot and then there's there's <laughs> oh, like there's, there's like there's things around doing it. the little turtle walk there's, over there's the things, spot. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like sweet gum like oh this what if i lean this way and i touch this sweet gum and it it shivers and scares and so i'm like breaking little trees and clearing out so there's no branches that i'm touching moving shit um so I'm like I'm in the process of getting my spot. See, I don't, I don't really, I don't, I don't do all that. I just, I'll sit down, I'll sit down, and if there's something like you're doing some manicure, not like see, and I'll, I'll like have a little four foot tall, three foot tall sweet gum. Yeah, yeah I, I'll break off the things. It's like right there, like right here, mm-hmm. and I'll break it off in front of me. So it's like, not only am I clearing my shoot lane, but I'm putting a little cover in little front block. of myself. Yeah, so stuff like that. So I'm doing that. And I'm still, this is how fresh I am to this spot, is that I'm still kind of like getting it just right. Getting a cushion. Gobble. And it is within 10 feet of the spot that uh, I just left. And I'm only 75 yards away, but I've got that ridge. And he has He has somehow went from where you thought he was I don't know him. how he didn't see me. Got around without you seeing him. I walked across the field, and then he is on. In the, the ball open. In the it, Yeah. I got low. But I walked in the bald open. And I so he had to have been somewhere on the edge, of the, on the perimeter of that field to get. He had to. I think he was in the. I think he was in the woods, and he had already crossed. No, he hadn't crossed. He was on. So I thought I crossed to the wrong side. I crossed to the side away from him. Okay. Because so you were already was, on the side with him. When I was you on the side with him. Ah. Uh, so side. you might not have seen him if he was coming through the woods. Uh huh. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah. He so, might not have seen you. That's what happened. So I hear him. He's not visible, but he's close. I'm Inside looking. 75. Yeah, probably at probably 75 to 100 yards. I can hear him walking. Oh, he's in killer range. I can hear him walking. And instead of making the move like, oh, I'm going to slip up over the top of this ridge, I'm going to just stay put. He's right here. He's coming. He's coming, right? So I make a soft call, and I can hear his footsteps. as well. Running, and I was like, oh. I'm like lining Click. up. I'm like starting to shake. Click. I'm like, oh, yeah. get my knee up. Got to get you. Well, so oh, yeah. you guys landing in the lap, uh, and then you're like uh, scooting up, yeah. getting your knee, like yeah. getting in the worst position because you got to have that prop. Yeah, right on your tailbone. Uh huh. And I'm noticing that he's running perpendicular to me, not par- not towards me. Uh huh. Along the other edge. I'm like, what is going on? What's he doing? And. I call again quietly and he gobbles and he's now are you using a what kind of call are you using here? Uh, I'm using a slate call. Yeah, I just saw you make the motion. He just did a like slate call hand gesture. That's, that's my that's my And I'm uh, thinking you got a gobbler that close and you're you're you both hands are on the call? Yeah, yeah. Well yeah, that's my that's my like killing that's my killing call. Dude, I don't know about that. Yeah. I think that's I don't know. Okay, continue. Anyways. I have, dude, I have it down to the science. Uh, hey, I'm with you. I'm following. This is, I mean, it's worked for me in the past. Anyways, I'm, I'm tracking everything you're saying. He's further away the next time he gobbles. But he's in the field. 
And at this point, I'm like, something's something's wrong here. Something is going on. Why is he farther away? He's, he's farther away. Yeah. He was coming to me, I thought. Now he's farther away. And I, at this point, I make the call. I'm like, I got to move. Gotta something's got to happen. I get up and I crawl to the top of the ridge. And look on your over, hands and knees. On my hands and knees and look over. And first I see a hen. How far? 115. Okay. And then at 105 is the gobbler. So that hen had come to my call. This is a better story than he told me the first time. That hen, I like it better now. That hen had come to my call. And the gobbler had come into my killing range. Where you were originally where sitting. Where I was originally sitting. He comes running in to my call. I did not hear the hen all morning. He yeah. sees that hen. Thinks it's Thinks you. it's me. And then he chases her. Or doesn't care. It's just yeah, it's a hen. It doesn't care. And he has found the bird that he was looking for, and she's moving away from me. And, I, and they're moving towards private. And there's nothing I can do. And there's that. no amount of talk that you can give. There's nothing. So, you know, I'm, it's did like you I, Did you hammer off calls? Or you I, just like, I, get, I, get, I did get. hammer off one. I had wing bone one. And nothing. Just tried. Yeah, I just had to try something because there's nothing I can do. I'm There's a field in between me and them. There's no sneaking up on them. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's nothing I can do. So they're moving away. I wing bone at him. He stops. He looks back at me. Looks at the head, looking at me, stops, looks thinking. at me. He's thinking. He's seeing me. He sees me. My I'm laying on You're my, silhouette. my belly at this point. He sees like my head. And he gobbles, looking at me. I think he thought I was like a gobbler or something, like blowed up. Yeah, if you could have just had the if you'd have had a I know, scoot and shoot. Something. Yeah. And uh but I was on public land, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be dope. So I uh <clears throat> Yeah, they they walked off on the onto private land and it was over and so I kept hunting um, at this point but I again talking about work I mean I'm just like the clock's ticking at this point I have a finite amount of time I've blown my chance there's no chance I find another one you know whatever walk off sit down start calling a hen starts calling me I'm like huh well, maybe we are over something here I've got I've got 30 minutes so I sit down and that hen I'm just doing some nice soft calls and and very, you know, just, I called, in 30 minutes, I probably called twice. And then called in two dudes. <laughs> <laughs> two dudes. <laughs> called in two dudes. Oh. They, they were liking what I was saying. Liking what you are putting yeah. down. Uh-huh. Sweet, so was, buttery tones. What do you do? All right, so here's what I did. And you I did, went, what you did is exactly what you do. Yeah, here's what, here's what happened. So I see them slipping in. And... What you don't do is right, go. First thing, oh, yeah, first no. thing, yeah. You don't do that. First thing I saw, I saw movement. And I was like, oh, here we go. And then it slowly comes to the realization. Uh, it's like a human being, yeah. And it's two guys. What was the first thing you thought when you saw two dudes that far back after you went through exactly what you laid out for us? I hated it. I hated everything about it. I hated that they were hunting the, it's my worst nightmare. You won't get this reference, but were you like Doc Holliday? No, I really hate them. Yeah, yeah I was. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's they were, uh, <clears throat> they were. I don't know. Young, I, I really young, young guys. You know, they were they were in the woods. It was through pretty Couldn't thick tell. stuff. You know, wearing like, full camo and head nets and whole One guy sat down against a tree, and uh, the other guy was putting up a decoy. I could see that. How far away were these guys? Sixty yards. Sixty yards. You, 70 yards. 
Okay. I, I heard them. So I've seen them. From the first time I saw a movement, they were at they were at 110 through the forest, yep. through mm-hmm. a, like mixed hardwood, your way. hardwood pine sands. And then probably by 90 yards, by 90 yards, I realized what they were. So I was. What time is it? Eight fifteen. So they probably likely heard your gobbler gobble earlier. I moved a long ways. You've moved a long ways from there. You don't think they heard him? Uh, that's probably good. Yeah, that's good for later. So yes, for this evening, I'm, I'm gonna go try and see. Yeah, that. we're almost done. Yeah, uh, and the we're, saga we're, the saga will continue. Yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> you so here's so what do you do? So yeah, what do I do? Here's what I did. I whistled at him at ninety. <whistles> yeah, just like that, as loud as I could. Yep. Still coming. Yeah. So like, in the south, in the south, it's common to throw the old Bob White out when there's a dude <laughs> around. You know, yeah. you know, it's common to do that because there's not that many quail around anymore, and no matter if there is or not, every single hunter in the woods hears that note and they stop to listen. Mm-hmm. So it's a good way to get dudes' attention without like spooking all the woods off. Yeah. So I did that. <laughs> yep. And uh, nothing. Still coming my way. So. uh they get to about 60 yards, and I go, like that. Yeah, like not a sound bird's made. Yeah, uh-huh. And I see the front guy kind of like look up, and then he goes back to putting his decoy down. Like, doesn't care at all. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> yep, I hear you, bud. <laughs> you can whistle Dixie all I, you want. He said, I think there's a hen around here. <laughs> Damn, that hen's whistling, bro. Yeah. You hear that? So I... Reached in my bag and She's pulled out, at us. <laughs> pulled out an orange hat, put that on. So kudos for having yourself an orange garment in your bag. Hunting on public Hunting on public or private. I don't care if it's turkey. Uh, you know, I, I don't care that it's turkey season. I'm gonna carry one. Dude, I don't go on public land without it. Uh-huh. I don't wear it while I'm hunting, but if I think I'm even remotely gonna be running into a dude. I also wear it when I'm traveling. Like if I'm if I'm in a spot where I'm going from A to B not hunting and I'm at all. not hunting and I'm just like this yeah. is just I'm on my walking path to a place that I know I want to be, I'll put it on. Yeah. Oh yeah, I definitely carry me an orange flag. So uh put it on and then I didn't even walk over to him. I don't know these guys. You know, part, part <laughs> what's, of me, the, what's the need? Why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like put my orange hat on, stood up and beelined it oh time directly to go, away. Time from, to go to work. Yeah, away from him. Walk back, um, walk back to where I'm coming from. Just take one more peek down the long field. There he is. And I can see him 300 yards onto uh, private onto private land. And he's got he's got his hand with him and uh, strutting. I know the landowner. He's a good guy. And would have like, probably let you home. And he's friend, yeah. I mean, we're friends, you know. We're yeah. friends, so like odds are, odds are, I go in there and shoot that bird, and he'd have been like, "Awesome, send me a picture." But so I had that like, I had that devil on my shoulder, and then my conscience was over here. That's like knowing he turkey hunts too. You knowing that he turkey hunts too, and that he, I haven't let him know ahead of time. And, um, yeah, I just did. I just made the right call. Yeah, I made the right call, 100%. And, like, 
I, that's not like a, he would have, I guarantee you he would have been like, that, that's great. And I know for a fact that he wasn't hunting either. Because like, I talked to him yesterday. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just. Hey, this is what it is. I had a very similar run around. Um, very, very similar kind of screw up of not staying put and not getting the bird. Well, I should have had it. I should have been tagged out right now, but I'm not. I still get to hunt, so that's good. Yeah, it is good. Uh, it's it's good and bad because I want to like move on to the next thing, but it's only the first week, and uh, you know I, I like turkey hunting. There's a there's a lot of things going on in the woods right now. Have you seen anything else cool? Um, I wouldn't. No, not really. Um. I saw some stuff on my draw that was cool, some other wildlife, um, deer, and cotton rat, hogs, and that coyote den, yeah, cotton rat bones, and, <laughs> and all that. But on my on my game lands, forays, I've been I've been doing a very similar trek, um, long, long, grueling walk that I dread every single morning that I've dreaded Monday, Tuesday, and today. I disliked it before I ever left the house. Didn't like it on the way, and liked it even less on the way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been it was worth it. Monday morning, a lot of gobbling activity. Had some other land users, not hunters, screw my hunt up. Had them had three birds together gobbling, and some other recreational outdoor people which totally they're just as much right to be there as me come in between me and the birds that are coming. And they're, they're only 200 yards from me coming through the woods. And I hear people talking and here comes some, some folks. So I was kind of like you orange hat and I'm out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, on my way out, I get a gobble from a totally different bird. And I'm like, well, I gotta go to work, but I know where you are. I know pretty much where you spent the night. I'll be back. This morning, or no, yesterday morning, big plans. Had big plans. Sounds like me this morning. I was, I pretty much left the house thinking I'll be coming home with the turkey. Yeah, I mean, I was, I I, I knew better than that, but I was like, that was, that feeling, that feeling, that inescapable, like, if I could never think that thought, I would choose to never think that thought. But I, it was in my brain. I had the back there. I brain. had the feeling. I had the film developed from the pictures I was going to yeah. take, yeah. dude. And got there, very exact same thing. The bird I wanted didn't gobble first. Some others did farther off. I, I went, went towards them. Then as soon as I set up, start calling. He's gobbled right where I was. Tried to slip back around on him. Busted me. He flew away. End of story. Wound up going a few more yards down the mountain a different direction to just try to strike something up wound up getting four more birds to come where i just left from probably the four i went after originally so it was gobble fest 2021 again for a minute mid-morning and then nothing and so this morning i was thinking well still on still on in there and i go back this morning and the woods are dead. You won't be back? I won't go back there for at least a week. It's too far. I've boogered it up too much going in there already. 
I mean, I'm starting to get worried about that with my sponsor. I'm not. I went three days in a row. Three days in a row is too much. I should have went. This I should have went. This is going to be my third. Tomorrow is going to be my third day. I should have closed the deal yesterday, period. Well, it's like me. But I the mean, fact that is, I did This is my story. You are. Learn from my mistake of going the third time after not closing the deal. Don't go. Let but, him. I didn't, but I didn't scare him. I didn't flush him off. Yeah, but you don't know what those other guys were doing there either. I don't know. Was, I don't know. Go. Go I'm try. I'm going. I'm going. My, so my theory was when I went this morning. You don't leave birds to find birds, especially yeah. on public land. 100%. That's what I meant. Yeah. You go with the most recent intel. Yeah. And so that's what I was going on this morning was most recent intel tells me that there's goblin action. Yeah. Because if, and, you, if you had not gone there and you had gone to a different spot and then heard nothing, you all you'd be saying is, what should have went, went, went to my hole. I'd left birds yeah. to go to no birds. Yep. So tomorrow morning, I'm not... Going back. I'm going there. Back. I, tomorrow morning, I'm I'm gonna go to a spot where I located birds the week before season. I located a bird. That joker's probably long dead, but maybe not. Um, it's a similar scenario. Long ways to get to him. So there's a good chance he he might still be there. So I'm gonna go probably try that one. Um, and I could I could go hunt private land. I could I could hunt privately and I could hunt at home. Here's a here's another interesting thing. But I don't want to. I went home for this wedding, and uh, it was in my hometown, stayed with my parents. And my dad said, "You're looking thin. You're looking thin." <laughs> and your reply was, "I was like, you think so?" He was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Well, last time I weighed myself, it's probably I don't have a skin on." I was like, "Last time I weighed myself, it's probably." After turkey season and burn season. Burn season, boy. Burn season. I've lost 13 pounds. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't really have 13 pounds to lose. I guess I did. I, but so what you're saying is we should start up a land trust. Fitness blog. Fitness blog slash um, Weight Watchers thing where you pay to join and you just come work. Um, no, I'm the leanest I'll be until the end of turkey season. After that, I'm fishing, and I'll, I'll, I'll get back into, like, fighting weight until bird season comes in again. But from Yeah, you know bird people season, are like people are like, uh, from bird hunting season through fire season into turkey, I'm like marathon runner. Yeah. Yeah, you know how people are like, oh, I'm getting your summer body? Yeah, mine's like, the opposite. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, mine too. I feel yeah. like summer... I'm packing on the pounds. Oh, I'm dad bod. Yeah. Dad bod in the summer, dude. And then burning them off in the winter and into the spring. Yeah. And then packing them back dude, on in the summer. There ain't nothing I love more than summer. I'm not out walking. I'm not out walking in the woods. In, in the, the summer, summer, ticks and poison ivy and all the, that yeah. junk. Uh-huh. I heard a rattlesnake this morning. Did you yeah. ask me? Yeah, never did see him. Heard him. So that was freaky. Um, you want to hear a funny turkey hunting thing before we get off here? Yeah. My brother. So... Has he yeah. done any good? Uh, he's he's having a year like I used to have. He's had some uh, misfortunate, misfortunate hunts. Has he pulled the trigger? Yeah. So yeah. I've been there. It's not. He's in a good headspace still. Good. To have had had misfortune. Well, he's a, he's stronger mentally than. Um, good than attitude. Me. Like his attitude is well, at least to get to keep hunting. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know so. 
that's uh, some probably better attitude than I have. I usually get like I go into a depression. Like I go into a, like legit full on depression. Yeah. And uh, he's not doing that, so that's that's good. But he's had he's had good hunts, but um, just not working out. But so uh, Saturday, uh, yeah, Friday night, Friday night leading up to opening day, he uh, we're talking on the phone like we do every year. Me and him and my dad, we, we all make phone calls, see what everybody's doing, you know, where's everybody going? Checking in on everybody. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, I told my brother, and he's like, hey, I can't find my face mask. I'm like, oh, that's critical gear, critical gear. He's like, yeah. I was like, if you'd have told me I was just up there, I'd have dropped one off for you. I, had a, I actually had an extra this year, believe it or not. He's like, ah, he's like, I, I just keep looking, I guess. I was like, well, you want me to run it up there to you? No, nah, I'll, I'll figure something out. I'll, I'll find it. Well, he didn't find it. So did he paint up or something? Dude, you know what he did? He put he's got a leafy suit. He put his leafy suit jacket on backwards, pulls the hood up, <laughs> pulls the hood over, that's smart. cuts two eye holes, yeah. <laughs> and a spit hole, <laughs> so he can put his collar in and out of his mouth. And that's he's, smart. And he's running full on lynch mob <laughs> over the face. Oh my. Face mask and has an opportunity on two different gobblers. <laughs> and I was like, dude, if you were running the hood mask, you should have got your picture made if you'd have killed a gobbler with the hood mask. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know why people haven't been doing this all COVID. He's like, I don't know what people are thinking. Oh my God. He's like, just wear your hoodie backwards. <laughs> dude, I laughed so hard I cried. Oh, it was uh, it was the funniest thing. Just the inventions that he comes up with. That's that was what he landed on. For I need a face mask in the morning. Here's what I'm gonna do. That's I wouldn't in a million years. I would not have thought about putting my leafy suit on backwards and cutting some holes in the hood. Smart. I would have just made a face mask out of old camo shirt or something. Uh, not him. He's he's coming up with the, he's quick thinking like. Yeah. Gotta have mesh. Can't be hot. Gotta be able to see and breathe. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I did drop him off a mask. There you go. Uh, but yeah, just I don't like wearing gloves. I got John Henry hooked me up. We've had John Henry on here before. Hooked me up with some of these little thin, like I don't know what they're made out of. Like I've never had these kind before, but they're super thin. I put paint on the back of my hands every morning. Do you really? No. Not into that. I'd rather I'd rather have my hands free. Used to. When I was so like I was super young, and killing turkeys though, but I was so worried. I knew how good they could see. I was so worried about that mask not being good enough. Put paint on. I painted up full coverage, like not like they, you see on TV where a dude's got a couple little streaks. Uh-huh. I'm talking about full on black uh-huh. or green or whatever camo pattern color I had. Solid paint, hands, face. Then gloves, then a mask. Like the turkey's gonna see through yeah. my gloves into my hands. I paint the back of my hands on like it. Dude, I, I went through all that, and I did that for years until finally I was just like, "This is too much. This is too much. I can't. I, I'm, I'm, I can't do it all." How long is this? This has been like two hours. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a long. We owed it. We owed it to everybody to get one out that had some content. So we talked burning. We talked turkeys. Turkeys. I mean, I'm so excited about turkey season. I'm enjoying this turkey season a lot. 
I'm a little down that my spot may be done for I'll a while. I'll be enjoying it a lot more. If when I can, when I you got a tag, when you got a tag on one, are you gonna try to get two? Yeah, I'm gonna try. Yeah. Um, hopefully oh. next week we'll put one out. We'll uh, when we have Adele on. Adele's coming. Um, after Adele's done, we're actually gonna we're doing some some undercover type stuff where we're actually gonna send me undercover with the Hells Angels. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm gonna report back on uh-huh. the the underworld. Yeah. As we know it, and conservation. No, and how they how they do conservation. How the hell's angels? Yeah, yeah I, heard, I hear they're big into it. Yeah, well, that's cool. No, but seriously, we're gonna do some good stuff. Wow. We do have, we've got some awesome guests coming. YouTube channel, a little primer. They got some YouTube channels. If you look up River Kings, uh-huh. um, a little primer for you. Those boys are coming on the show. Yeah, and uh, they should be a good time. Yeah, and then after that, um, after that, we're actually uh, we're gonna have. Uh, Former president of the United States. Barack Obama. Yeah, Barack Obama. <laughs> Barack Obama's coming on the show. Inviting you to a great party this evening. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's bringing, he's bringing Trump uh, Trump? Donald Trump with him. They're both coming they're together. Both together. They're actually, since Trump left the presidency, they've become really good friends. That's what I heard. <laughs> so they're coming to talk about their friendship. Uh, they, they like to hunt together. Well, they do a lot of hunting, I hear. Yeah. yeah. So they're uh, Donald Trump. And Barack Obama together telling hunting stories. That will be the next episode. So look forward to it. Put it on your calendar. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. Uh, sounds good. If you like the content and you'd like it to keep coming, you should still know that this podcast is just one of the tools that we use here at Three Rivers Land Trust to further our conservation mission. Our number one priority and purpose has always been to conserve land and natural resources for future generations and to be a voice for wildlife to ensure that they have habitats forever here in North Carolina. The podcast is just a byproduct to further that mission. To be a part of the team in the fight for the conservation mission, you should visit our website at www.3riverslandtrust.org.